Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin, and on this week's show, we have an extraordinary founder, small business owner, who happens to be the wife and mother of three. She has her MBA and CPA, and she's the founder of the ASE Group in West Orange, New Jersey. And here to talk to us about how to avoid some pitfalls, uh, some common pitfalls that founders fall into when they try to build a sustainable small business. So everyone, please welcome Alnisha Jones. <laughs> Now, so beyond all the accolades I mentioned, having your MBA and CPA, you also happen to be a mentor and teacher at Essex County College in Montclair State. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I personally find it always interesting to find somebody who is in a profession where you like definitiveness. You like that there is an answer. There is a yes or a no. It's either right or it's wrong. Right. And yet you went out and created this successful, very successful business. And so- how was it for you, those sort of, I guess, for lack of a better, conflicting needs or interests or wants, right? That definitive answer and yet the startup world of do it however, there's no right way, just get to the finish line, right? Like, how did that work for you? Uh, so I, I found my way into accounting because there was a right answer and a wrong answer. I loved that debits have to equal credits. Now, um, I learned once I actually got into accounting that that's textbook only, Um, but I love the balance and it just works. There is no confusion about, is this a liability or is this an expense? Um, But moving over to assisting small business clients and working with individuals and seeing all the loopholes and the gaps um, in tax code initially, that was uncomfortable for me and difficult for me because it it lays heavily on your interpretation sometimes and what's in the best interest of the taxpayer and um, plays on how, how you feel about risk. And I'm a very safe person. So that was a struggle for me in the beginning. I had to just get really grounded in how I want my clients to feel at the end of the day. And my goal is to ensure that if the IRS or the state ever questioned you about anything on your tax return or anything in your books and records, that we did a really good job at documenting why we took that position. And a lot of that comes from my audit background and documenting and ticking and tying. Um, so everything I've done, uh, although it wasn't all intentional, has led me to a point where I can be really confident now in making decisions on things that are, you know, kind of on the the gray, on that like middle line, and we have to decide which way to go. That's interesting. Now, self confidence. So actually, that's something that one of my coaches and I were talking about today, and she believes that the core of all things is self confidence. And obviously, we know about the confidence and you know competency circle, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you get mm-hmm. confidence because you you get competent at it, and as you get competent at it, you get more confidence, right? So we have that yep. confidence. And it's interesting because I actually believe the root of that, all of that, that lack of self confidence, is a state of worthiness. Like, I am not enough. I don't have enough. I don't know enough. I don't. I'm not like I. I'm not loved enough. I, it's it's an it's a, I'm not enough worthiness issue that yep. creates that lack of self confidence, right? And so that's really interesting because you know how 
you know, you're saying that, you know, as you got into this audit structure, you started developing that confidence, not just the confidence within the accounting, but a confidence to make those decisions. Yep. So what would be your advice to somebody who's kind of new and, you know, isn't coming from that, doesn't have that, that sort of even little micro step action of saying, oh yes, I can do it. Right. Like what, yeah. what do we do? And we're like, oh shit, I'm going to jump off the cliff. You know, maybe it's for all the wrong reasons because I'm watching too much freaking social media, but mm-hmm. I'm taking the jump. I'm going to do it. And then shit, there I am. Yeah. I don't know what program to buy. I don't know who to go to. Right. What's yeah. It's, it's terrifying. And what gives me like added bonus confidence is aligning myself with people who have been where I am. So I am a jump off the cliff type person. I have never written a business plan in my life. I started this business with less than $3,000 in savings in my account. So I'm 100% a off the cliff and build the plane on the way down. But what I've done that I think has accelerated my success is I've aligned myself with people who are wiser than me. And I've allowed myself to remain a student. I know I don't know everything and I'm a control freak, so it's tough. To be in a space where I have to rely on the help of programs and the help of others, but by humbling myself and saying, you know, I want to learn where you are. I want to know what you did right. I want to know what you did wrong and recognizing that it's okay that I don't know everything. Right. And I'm going to be honest about what I know and don't know. I don't want to deal with the imposter syndrome. This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. And the things that I'm not good at, I either want to A, find people that are good at it, or B, find things that will make me better at it. But when I remove that pressure of needing to know everything, yeah. needing to be an expert at everything, I was able to get more confident in things that I knew. And I even gained confidence in things that I didn't know because I knew I had the resources for the things I didn't know. But I feel like that imposter syndrome and that thought that business owners and individuals, you need to know everything. That is so overwhelming and so unrealistic. And we all struggle with it. But I mean, I think it's like a huge hit to our confidence and we can definitely do something about it. Yeah, that's awesome. I was just on this call with Hubert Jolie. So for those of you who don't know, he is the former CEO of Best Buy and he was responsible for Mm. their turnaround. So if if everybody knows Amazon came out, Best Buy started tanking, they were losing their ass left and right. In comes Uber Jolie and flips it all around, actually just partnerships with Amazon. And now there's like all the, right? Amazing, amazing guy. And if you don't know, he has a book out, The Heart of Business. Um, I highly recommend it. And the reason I bring this up is because part of that conversation is he's such a winner because he has a different definition of leadership, a different idea of what CEOs are supposed to be, right? It's not the 80s, 90s, top-down bullshit. Like, I know everything. I'm going to be the decision maker. I'm the master of the universe. It's more like, you know, he came in to, he explained us how he came into Best Buy. He came in with a little blue shirt on and walked around to all the like counter people, right? And like, what's up? What works? What doesn't work? What's going on? And it was, it was that behavioral type of saying like, I need to understand everything first, like not know, not be the best at. I can't possibly do that. I'm here to understand what are the big issues what or not, and what am I capable of doing, right? Because you are the yep. final decision maker, but it's not in that old school way of, you know, it's it's leadership versus dictatorship, right? Yes. And, yep. when, and I think when a lot of people come into uh, small businesses, they feel like they're supposed to have all the answers or they're going to look stupid if they don't. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. And even if it is, who gives a shit? Right. Like, look at you. You're out there winning. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, you know, get past the ego. Nobody gives a shit because you have to remember, you have to go through 
the difficultness of whatever that is for you, because the end result is that much more important to you. Right. Yep. You know, so, so yeah, I thought it was an interesting conversation with that guy, just because just like you were saying, it's, it's a different place. It's like, you have to know, like, you don't know anything. You don't know everything. You're not supposed to actually. I mean, it's impossible. Right. Exactly. And I find that being honest about, I don't know this. And I take that approach with both clients and my team members. I find that with clients, it helps to build trust to say, I'm not an expert in this space. And either A, I may not be the best fit for you or B, I'm not an expert, but here are the resources that are available to me. And we're going to use those resources. It just levels the playing field. And with my team, I find that it helps them to be more honest with me when I let them know I'm not an expert. I don't expect you to be an expert. If something is a struggle to you, say that. Yeah. I won't penalize you for it. I won't look at you different for it. I'll help you find the resources to get you better, but I don't expect you to be a robot or a computer or a machine. I want to know what you're fantastic at and what you're not so good at. And I want to get you more confident in the areas you're not good at. And I found that the team I have today is so much different than the team I had three or four years ago, because we started off from the interview in laying out those expectations. You don't have to be an expert to work here. You just have to be willing to learn and willing to be honest about what you don't and do know. And I have a fantastic relationship with every team member. That's amazing. That's awesome. Now, is ASE Group your first company that you built? Uh, no, this is probably like the second or third. I've, I've even started some with ASE Group. What I find is when you open your mind mm-hmm. to entrepreneurship, which is really just solving a problem, filling a gap, you start to notice other gaps and other problems. And I happen to be the kind of person that has millions of ideas and some die as ideas, some are ideas I'm saving for when, you know, another time. Um, And then some I I try. So I've done probably like two or three businesses before this, but this is the first business that I put my 100% effort into. This is the only business that I've done full time and has been like a major support system for my family. Any other business I did was on a much smaller scale, just kind of figuring things out. This was the biggest and the one I've stuck with the longest as well. Awesome. So now let me ask you this. What other kind of common pitfalls do you see when we are trying to start you know, and I love how this is put sustainable, yes, <laughs> yes. sustainable business. Right? If I, most <laughs> entrepreneurs listed everything they tried, man, we'd have like fucking Bible full of, of business. Yes. Right? And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying things. No. I think that's how we learn. I think yep. failure is a beautiful thing and we should remove that stigma that getting things wrong is like, you know, the end of the world. But my goal is to create businesses that are going to help our families, um, give ourselves the freedom to do the things that we love. That's the space that I'm in. I evaluate every decision I make is just because my priority is freedom over my time. I want to do the things I want to do. I don't want to work seven days a week. I did not leave a job with health insurance and PTO to work seven days a week for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, that just wasn't my, or to be the lowest paid person on my team. That's not what I started a business for. That's me. And I had to get really honest with what I wanted to do, but I want to help other business owners create something that will give them the life they want and help their families and help their communities because small businesses are at the foundation of strong communities. We provide jobs and internships and 
you know, we change the game. So my goal is really to help people create businesses that will be around for a long time and things that could stunt that growth, not doing your taxes, right? Stops you right in your track. Not understanding sales tax will stop you right in your track when the state shows up three years in and says, hey, uh, we've done our own calculation because you didn't calculate it. And I'm saying it because I've seen it, yes. right? I'm, I'm currently working with a client who had to shut their business down because the sales tax bill had gotten too high and they didn't know they needed to collect sales tax and they couldn't see their way out of it. So they just shut the business down. So these are the things that I've seen and these are the things I want to help business owners avoid. Right. Because I don't think our businesses and I come from a marginalized community. I don't think our businesses fail from bad ideas. I think they fail from a lack of intel, from a lack of reliable resources. These are the things that stop us in our tracks. And those are the things that I'm working to like combat so that we have businesses that last longer, that provide jobs, that build our communities, that build generational wealth, that allow you to buy houses and all those kind of beautiful things. So what I find the very biggest mistake, and this has been even worse in the last two to three years, just going on the internet and just following whatever YouTube says. And I, I love YouTube. I just don't think YouTube replaces a professional that's speaking to you about your matter. I don't think YouTube can replace that. Yeah, I just, I, I, I don't think um, someone can speak to millions and it be particular to your situation, no, your you state, the type of business you have, right? Yeah. So the very first one is starting a business and putting all your money into branding before you speak to an attorney or an accountant. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never had a client come in and say, I'm not going to work with you because I don't like your logo. No one's ever done that, ever. Um, <laughs> I've never lost a client because uh, they didn't like my business cards. But you could really mess yourself up by not knowing that you start a, a partnership with your spouse or your significant other, and you don't recognize that you have partnership filing requirements. Because those are the kind of things where I've had to sit with the client and say, hey, it's great that you started this business with uh, your spouse and your two cousins, but you know what you formed? A four-member LLC. Mm-hmm which means you need to file a partnership requirement and you didn't know and you're here a year later and now the penalties are $200 per month yep. per partner for up to 12 months. Having to deliver that news to someone yeah. is devastating, but they have a great logo. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I want everyone to know that you really know what you're talking about because you know the people listening to this, most of the people here know me, uh, have worked mm-hmm. with me in some capacity. And, you know, I'm just going to put this out there. I don't even remember how I found you. I don't know who recommended you or how I found you. I usually go by recommendations, but, you know, she's definitely the real deal. She's actually worked with me on a New Jersey tax issue. And yeah, I mean, listen, mindset games galore, (laughs) but, but, and that's like the same thing too, is because, you know, like, as you're saying this, there's a lot in our heads and, you know, you and I are going to put on an event. We're putting on an event July 14th. And this is something I want to touch upon because, you know, I'm sure you're going to be speaking to some of this at the event. I'm going to be, speaking. Yeah. but here's the thing is like, I want you to understand how you got here and to understand that there's so much input from the outside, even though yes. everything you have is from the inside, that it comes from this input from the outside. So when you're inundated with, and, and, you know, it, it doesn't help us that Google tracks and Facebook tracks because we yes. snap onto that entrepreneurial little, you know, post and all of a sudden now you're getting fed the same thing over and over. You do not realize, yep. that even if you change your settings, that the theme of that, that sale, the theme that is getting thrown in your face ever in your email. 
on your Google, yeah. your Google ads, on your search terms, in your Facebook, now Facebook and Instagram. So when you're scrolling through, yeah. okay, and now that Instagram and, and TikTok, yeah, Instagram and TikTok flip-flop, I don't know what that algorithm is, but I'm finding people from my TikTok now on my Instagram feed. I'm like, where the F did you come from? Right? <laughs> I'm not trying to look at Instagram for fluffy dogs to calm myself. And all of a sudden I have these crazy kids dancing and I'm like, wait a second, that's a TikTok thing. Where the-? So I'm sure yeah. there's an algorithm pushing that in. If you're playing video games, if you've ever noticed, the, the ads run are something you've clicked on in the last three months. Okay. Because I noticed like I, I do Mary Morrissey every year, the dream builder kind of thing, or not every year, like kind of often. And it was the first time I did it online. So it wasn't via email. And so I had to register online for this thing. It wasn't just a mailer. Now all of a sudden I'm playing a video game the other day, Mary Morrissey ads about becoming a coach. I'm like, what? I'm like, you're only in my feed because somewhere, somewhere there's a cookie, a thing, you know? Yeah. So understand that when you're, fed this stuff it is influential okay and it also causes you to think certain things without even realizing it like uh, it does it to me and the, i promise you i won't does it to me right it does to me every time right? and then also alnisha what you said i think is really important too is that you can't be there are certain things you cannot do on mass including what i do to you guys all my mind fuckery it's good at the macro, but when you're coming down and you're coming down and you're coming down, you still can't get it. That's when you need the micro one-on-one, right? Yep. Some people yep. are at the place where they can have it at the macro and it works for them. Not typically though. That's why we go from big free events to inexpensive exactly. pay group into a one-on-one because it's the, it's the trajectory. But, you know, Alnish is talking about something a little bit different too. It's just that when it comes to taxes and the law, okay, it is you specific it is federal and state specific and sometimes even county specific so yep you can't get that from somebody who's talking to you from california only does stuff in california but he's worked with a lot of you know startups so there's general stuff that could be true Um, like it is true but it's still not good enough because what she does in north jersey is actually different than sometimes in south jersey all you realtors on here you know that if you're in jersey Yep. North Jersey is an attorney closed. South Jersey, you don't need one. So there's differences. Yep. So it matters. And these, it definitely are the does. That, yeah, these are the things that, that most people, because it is typically the more expensive thing, will go cheap on. This is not the thing to go cheap on. Your lawyers and your accountants are not the things to cheap out on. Yep. Screw your logo. Screw your branding. Because guess what? It's going to change anyway. Yep. What did Uber look like when it starts? What does it look like now? What about Airbnb? Yep. What does it look like now? It's all going to change anyway. Yep. Oh, I see it all the time. And I tell clients, they come in and they're really excited and they mean to form a partnership. And I say, that's fantastic. I'd like to connect you with some attorneys. And they say, oh, I don't think I have the money for this. And I say, I promise you, we should maybe put a pause on the business if you don't have the, the time or the money to speak with an attorney about a partnership agreement. You cannot go into it and not discuss what happens when it dissolves because unfortunately within 24 months, I see over 50% of the partnerships we start dissolve. Partnerships are tough. If you think marriage is tough, go go into business with somebody and see how, how difficult that can be. These are the things you cannot skimp on. Not when your goal is to build a sustainable business right like you need a really strong foundation and that starts with speaking to your attorney from the very beginning 
And building a relationship, same with your accountant, you're going to need these things from the beginning. And that's the biggest mistake I see people make. Say, oh, oh, it's so simple to start a business online. Like, yeah, the paperwork is very easy. What did you start? Tell me where you started. What are your, ta- what are your tax obligations now? Do you need to collect sales tax? Are you going to hire employees? These are the things that people say, oh, I have no idea. Like the paperwork was easy. Now we have all these other things to think about that you just cannot risk messing up because the cost of that error can be really damaging. So huge, huge, huge error there. Costly. Very costly. And I do not like to see people make mistakes that you could have avoided. Another big mistake we see people make, not keeping records. Right. I don't think everybody needs a bookkeeper from the very beginning, but everyone needs bookkeeping. So you either pay someone to do it or you do it yourself. I'm not the kind of person that says when you first start your business, you need to be paying someone five hundred dollars a month for bookkeeping. I'll never say that. But when you first start your business, you need to know how much you're bringing in and how much you're spending. And I think with PPP and idle and needing to show how a business is performing quarter over quarter, all these COVID related programs really show us how important it is to have record keeping. But I see it every tax season. It's the reason why we've changed the way we operate. We'd have clients come in and they would bring their paperwork and their computer and they'd be trying to put together a profit and loss statement at their tax appointment. These are people having six-figure businesses, almost seven-figure businesses, putting things together at the desk. Looking surprised when we say, oh, look, you brought in $850,000. I did? How did you make decisions all year? How did, how did you make, you just can't. And we, that's when we learn, we are speaking from two sides of our mouths. If we let business owners do that and say, our goal is to help you build a sustainable business. Yeah. How can we help you set aside money for taxes and investments for your business and pay yourself the right amount if you don't know how much you made until your tax time? How can we help you take advantage of business deductions if you don't know how much your business made until March 27th when you come in to do your taxes? We can't say this is our goal and let you operate that way. So we had to change the way we operate so that we're better aligned with what our goals are for our clients and for ourselves. But to not know how your business is performing until the end of the year, major mistake. I guarantee you're missing out on deductions. I can guarantee you did not pay yourself correctly. I can guarantee you didn't do your estimated taxes correctly. And I can guarantee you're going to be in for a shock when you do your taxes. And none of those things are okay with us. Major mistakes. And here's the thing, too, there's so many apps. I mean, I don't know if you guys run on QuickBooks, you know, like most of your your clients, but even QuickBooks has an app where you snap the picture of the receipt and it automatically, and then it obviously it auto uploads all of your your, um, bank accounts and credit cards. So, I mean, it's almost like made dummy proof, like, like, so to speak, like not that I'm not trying to offend anybody here because I'm guilty of. (laughs) <laughs> of it myself like you know i'll snap a i'll snap a receipt and then forget to go back and say like what it is you know da, da, da. but you know at least it's in there uh, that, that's my that's my standard line for now at least it's in there the next step will be like it's in there with a note like you know <laughs> but i mean you know they it entrepreneurship technology has made life so easy like guys you know and it actually affects our minds to our brains how many people here can remember a seven digit phone number given to you orally Yep. Right. You know, and back in the day when we didn't have cell phones and it wasn't at our fingertips, we did remember it. Right. But those are all brain training things 
right? So all these apps though have made everything easier so that free up, it frees up your brain to go do something else more productive, right? And so yeah. use it to your advantage. I mean, worst case scenario, like she's saying, so you don't hire someone. But if you afforded QuickBooks or even the QuickBooks app, it's all in there. It's in there. So someone like her, not that she's going to take up your garbage, but someone <laughs> else, she's beyond the garbage step. Just, just letting y'all know, not to say don't, don't reach out to her, but you know, that might cost you a penny to clean up your three years of garbage. But you know, somebody out there can at least take what you've put into QuickBooks and have a faster figure out if that makes sense, right? So worst case scenario, you're spending like 100, 200 bucks a year on a QuickBooks app. At least it's in there. It's captured. Yeah. You know, someone who is the expert can come back and sit you at the table and be like, what the hell was that about? Like, what is this thing about? What is it? Yep. What is this doing? And from there it's done. Right. Yep. Um, and, you know, but it does take a, a knock in the head sometimes. I know it. Most business owners need it. And it's because business owners are not accountants. They don't want no, to no hold receipts and classify things and start businesses to do that. So it's a struggle because it's not what you want to do. And I, I procrastinate at everything I don't want to do. And I'm not alone in it. And yeah. that's the struggle. It's not that you couldn't do it. It's that as business owners, our time is so limited because so many things are on our plate. And when me, little accountant is like, could you just take 15 minutes a day and review? You're like, you know, yeah. there's so many other things that need that 15 minutes. And that's the struggle there. But it's important. It makes a big difference. It could save you thousands on your taxes. I've had clients come in and couldn't take a mileage deduction because they didn't track mileage all year and they don't keep a calendar and they don't know where they were all year. And if you can't prove the deduction, you can't take that deduction. These are the things that you miss out on when you're not keeping records. When you spend on six different cards and you don't remember where you spent. Yeah. You're losing these deductions because you don't know what you spent. So keeping good records, super duper important. You cannot discuss million dollar tax strategies if you do not have books and records. We cannot have that conversation without knowing where your business stands. Like so it's, it's that important. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. We're, we're coming up on uh, July 14th at what, 530 yes. uh, Eastern time. We're going to have a, a couple hours that we're doing live right now. I think that there are free tickets available still. I don't know how many there might be. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but again, it's over two hours of, of stuff. We have people talking to you about, you know, corporate credit, how to build your business credit, what it's used for, how to leverage that. We have people coming in and as she's talking about succession planning in business, right? Like what happens in that partnership if something goes down, if something doesn't turn out right. It's like the prenup for your business, babes. Yes. Um, and and we also have a T&E attorney coming in to talk about that succession plan too. How do you make sure you don't die intestate, which means you're going through the government's system, okay? Not through your directive. And, you know, again, that's another area of life where people are like, ah, like, you know, I'm so young. It's like, you know, no, 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 no. Yep. We're going to talk Sunny, who's a financial expert, you know, Sunny from my group. And of course, I'm going to jump in there. But I want you to hear what she was saying, too, is, there's a level of holisticness here, right? She just said that if you didn't keep a calendar, you don't know where you are. So you can't take that mileage deduction, even if you forgot to record it. But you see now, if you were an organized person using high level productivity measures, you mm -hmm. wouldn't have a calendar. You'd know exactly where you were. And so you see how it's all holistic. So all the mindset, crazy shit and business building I talk about, all of the stuff that she's doing, it actually all converges at a certain level. So when you're doing even just a little piece of it all, you can capture so much more. So you guys know I say incremental to the exponential. Yes. And this is what I'm talking about. This tiny little thing 
in each of our five, five, five fields, right? <laughs> if you just did the one thing and did it, you're leveling up and you're leveling up and it all converges to that level of excellence. You're, one day you turn around and you're like, holy shit, how'd I get here? Like, yeah. I actually understand what everyone's talking about because, you know, I'm the Asian that doesn't math good. So <laughs> I'm not really down with accounting. So. But, you know, it gets to a certain place where like, and that's what I'm talking about. You take the opportunity to join the, the free event to learn the basics, walk away with the one thing from each of us, reach out to us. Some of us are going to have opportunities to reach out to us directly and schedule these things for yourself, your business, whatever that is. And so take advantage of that and level up. So let me ask you this, Alanisha, what are you going to be talking yeah, about yeah. on the 14th? What are you going to talk to us about? Yeah, so we'll be talking about the strategies that people have asked us about for the past two years. These two years have been crazy. We've had three tax law changes in less than 12 months, but we've received so many questions about how, how do I not pay taxes? How do I get on the Trump plan or whatever that plan is? So we're going to talk <laughs> yes. about how you as an individual get to take advantage of those things and what may be stopping you from being able to take awesome. advantage of these things. Super duper important. We'll also go over some of the additional pitfalls that we did not get to cover uh, today. Some missed tax strategies. I'm a you and I tax person, right? I'm not a tax person to the celebrities. I've tried it, don't love it because they're a different breed. Um, but I am a very uh, like feet on the ground. I work with regular people with uh, ranges of income, right? From five figures to seven figures. And I want to help all of the people in these ranges have an easier tax life. So the things that we employ for our clients that make things easier for them, that help them to save thousands of dollars, things that you could employ and put into place today. We'll be going through those things in more detail. And I cannot wait to see y'all there. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Well, you heard it here. We're going to put the link to the event and we're going to put all the links for Al Alnisha's social media so you can check her out, follow her and keep in touch with her. But if you want to hear her live again, come join us on the 14th. Otherwise, we will see you next week or hear you, I guess, on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alnisha. You're welcome. Bye. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's Thrive underscore Tribe underscore 3.14159. You can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us and there. You can join it for free. I answer your questions in there. But if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at Believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.